launched the Compassionate Business Collective. I'm Alex Oakle, registered associate nutritionist turned compassionate business coach. I help wellbeing professionals build and scale their businesses with impact and without burnout. Join me every week for chats about business basics, online marketing, getting more visible, scaling with success, and more importantly, building a business in true alignment with your values and without compromising your own well-being. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Compassionate Business Collective podcast. Really looking forward to today's episode where we're going to talk all about how you can add health and well-being writing into your business. And health and well-being writing, it just kind of covers that whole area of nutrition writing, um, wellness writing, anything to do in this sphere. I'm not necessarily talking about medical writing because that can be a very kind of different beast and that deals with like pharmaceutical companies and that is not really what I'm talking about today. Instead, what I'm really talking about is ways that you as a nutritionist, as a dietitian, as a physiotherapist, whatever it is that you do, how you can add extra money into your life, uh, whether it's kind of to be alongside your full-time job, whether it's an extra revenue stream in your business to really diversify your revenue, or whether it's to start a whole business or grow a whole business uh, based on writing. And I'm going to talk about a few ways that you can do this throughout this podcast as well, as well as how you can get started. So I am really passionate about this because this is how I make the majority of my income. So if you don't know me much, my name is Alex. I'm a registered associate nutritionist and I am the founder and editor of the PCOS Collective, which is an online non-diet education hub for people with PCOS. It started off as a one-to-one kind of private practice. And I was using my website just to write articles to, to be honest, I don't know why I was writing articles. I was just writing them because I thought that's what you had to do. And I actually found writing the articles was so helpful in terms of my own knowledge because I was doing a lot of reading and a lot of learning on courses when I first got started. Obviously, as you do, you kind of come out of uni and you're like, okay, I've still got so much more to learn. So I was doing courses and reading the literature all around PCOS and you know other areas that I was interested in, like intuitive eating and the non-diet approach. And by kind of committing to writing uh, blog posts on my website, it was actually a really great way for me to put that learning into practice and actually kind of dissect the information and digest it for myself whilst I was producing content for others. So I found it really helpful. So definitely the way that I kind of learn best is not just reading it, it's kind of writing it and then um, writing it in the style for someone else. I find that really helpful for for my learning. So it was really beneficial for me just in that way. Um, But then I kind of got the idea of where other people can actually find this because I was getting clients who found my articles on you know, on Google, when they were searching for something to do with PCOS, they found my article. And to be honest, I couldn't quite believe it because I was like, I obviously understood to a point of how Google worked, I suppose. But really, I didn't quite get that my articles were being picked up in this way. And it's actually was really cool that people were finding me through Google. And I was like, okay, this is super interesting that that's how some clients are finding me. How can I kind of use this as a marketing tool more? Because that's what it is really, you know, helping people find you by providing really high quality content that Google thinks is good and likes to rank 
and put at the top of the Google search when someone searches for something, like how can I utilize more of that? So I kind of delved more into SEO stuff and figured out my my next steps really, which were how can I grow this side of the business? So how can I get more people onto my website? And the idea at the time was really how can I get more people on my website so that people can more people can work with me in a one-to-one capacity, which at the time was a great idea and it definitely did help. But then I made the switch late last year to um, actually stop working one-to-one with clients because of my own physical health, burnout, various reasons why I wanted to move away from uh, private practice. And you know, one of those big reasons is that I didn't have enough time in my day to be seeing new clients. And I was really starting to see the impact of my SEO skills and my search engine optimization skills and how I was getting a lot of people onto my website. And we had a really good email list, what we still do, a really healthy email list of people who have agreed to jump on the email list in return for, they they got a free um, PDF, kind of a free like ebook. And now they're on our email list and every week we send out the new blog posts that we've got and anything else that we're offering, like if we have an ebook for sale or if we have, you know, a webinar or a masterclass or something. So basically I was seeing all of this grow And I was realizing how I was actually making a bigger impact online rather than just seeing people one-to-one. I was making this much bigger impact because we were producing non-diet, weight-inclusive, gender-affirming articles about PCOS, which to be honest is pretty kind of radical still. And it was really exciting to see that a lot of people were finding this content and finding it useful. So that's why I made the transition to really focusing on it as an education hub rather than as just like my personal website to find clients. So in terms of how we make money at the PCOS Collective, it is all kind of about affiliate links. So when we talk about something, I always give this example, but like Inositol, which is a really common supplement for PCOS, we have a few really trusted supplement companies who we really like their products. So we would link to them and we would get a small cut if someone decided to buy through our links. And obviously we disclose that this is an affiliate link, all of that stuff that you have to do. Um, But it's, you know, we're creating high quality content anyway, and we would be recommending these brands anyway. So it's just a really nice added bonus that we get paid for the work that we're doing in terms of producing this free content. And really the goal with the PCOS Collective is that by the end of the year, we will be able to qualify for Mediavine, which is kind of a high-end ad uh, network, which basically means that they're the middleman between people who want to advertise online and websites that have adverts and they are basically managing the adverts and you have to reach a certain amount of um, page views basically a month. They're called sessions online. But when we get enough traffic, we're hoping to bring in some extra income via ads and I'm really excited for that. And we can see um, our traffic going up every single month. So we're really hoping that by the end of this year, we will be all set up and ready to go on Mediavine and be able to bring in extra income. And it's about a thousand pounds extra a month, just if you meet the regulations of having about 50,000 sessions. So it's about 50,000 people coming onto your website every month. Then you get adverts on the website and it's about a thousand pounds a month per 50,000 people, approximately. But I'll let you know how the journey goes to getting to Mediavine because that really is the big aim this year. And I'm really excited to take you along on that journey. But 
We also make income, so I've talked about affiliate links, how we want to bring advertising on. You can just go straight onto Google AdSense and let Google put adverts on your website for you, but the cost is, the payout to you is so low that it's just kind of not worth it in terms of your um, user experience being compromised. So that's why we're not using Google AdSense, just as an FYI. So yeah, adverts and affiliates we've spoken about. And we also make money through digital products. So we have our ebook, which is available on Amazon, Eating Intuitively for PCOS, that myself and Melanie, a dietitian who um, worked on the ebook with me at PCOS Collective, created. And that sells on Amazon. We also have a webinar that we sell and another ebook called Understanding PCOS. So basically, that's how we make money. And I'm telling you this because I think it's really exciting to see that there are other ways to make income online and it doesn't necessarily have to just be one-to-one -one work or group calls or anything like that. It can be um, these more kind of people call it like more passive ways to make money. I don't know how I feel about that because obviously there's a lot of time that goes into this in terms of creating the articles, doing the research, learning about SEO. But what's great about it is that you can go to sleep and you can wake up in the morning and you might have sold some eBooks or people might have clicked your affiliate link so you get a small kickback or when you find like when we finally get adverts that people will be seeing those adverts overnight. Um, and that's what's so cool about this because I look at our statistics and I can see that we've got people coming from the USA, Malaysia, Indonesia, Germany, like all across the world just in one day we'll have people from all of those different countries and so many more and that just is the impact that I as a nutritionist really wanted to be able to create so this is just to get you excited about the possibilities of being a writer online so that's my experience of working on my own website but I've also done a lot of writing for other people so for other dietitians and nutritionists also for brands um, so big businesses like um, I used to do writing for um, a company that, that was then bought by Planet Organic, so now it's been kind of um, acquired by Planet Organic, so we used to do writing for them. Uh, and that was kind of my first writing gig. And then up to now where I do writing for various different well-being and health brands who are kind of more in the e-commerce space, so they're selling products, I will write blog posts to get people who are searching for a certain topic onto their website. Um, and it can be a really, really great way to make money whether that's supplementing or is your main kind of gig and it's really just really great work because it you're literally being paid to do the stuff that, that i personally love which is doing research finding out new things about what's going on in the health and well-being space talking about health and well-being and writing up really interesting articles being able to you know put some music on or put a podcast in and just get going with writing is something that i really love because you are able to do that you know at whatever time of day you want wherever you want so you can do it you don't have to do it necessarily in an office or at home you know you can be doing it in a coffee shop you can do it when you're traveling you can be doing it in bed and that's something that i really love about this um, way of doing things so i'm going to talk to you about getting started i realize that we're already like 11 minutes in but i'm just going to keep talking and we will get through this and it might be a bit of a longer episode but i'm hoping that you'll find it really useful so in terms of how you're going to get started to adding health and well-being writing into your business, obviously it depends whether you're going down the route of creating a website where you want to build traffic um, to get people onto your own site and whether that's to sell one-to-one -one work. So you want people, if you are, a, for example, a fertility nutritionist, you might be writing blog posts on um, what, what should I eat during um 
trying to get pregnant, what should, what food should I avoid if I'm trying to get pregnant? You might be talk, um, writing content on how can a fertility nutritionist support me when I'm trying to get pregnant, you know, all those sort of things. Obviously, you do your research, which we're going to talk about later, but you can write those sorts of articles to get people onto your site. And then they'll see you as a trusted authority. You've written this really great article with all this information and they're thinking, well, I just want the specifics for me. So I'm going to book in a one-to-one with this person or onto their group program or I'm going to buy their course or their ebook you know there's so many different ways that you can use this but also you can use these skills as a health and well-being writer to either approach other companies and kind of pitch yourself to do some writing for them or you might take a look on places like LinkedIn and see if people are looking for writers and also to be honest on Instagram I find I see a lot of dietitians and nutritionists and physiotherapists and personal trainers who don't have the time to do the writing themselves and are looking for people who know their stuff because it's not just about the writing it's also about knowing what is going to be found by Google and let's talk about that in a second but to start with if you are thinking about starting your own uh, business where you're having like a blog to attract people onto your website the way that Google is kind of working now is that it is looking for authoritative content. So it's looking for people who are adequately qualified to be answering the questions that people are searching. So that means that it's looking for people who are qualified as, say, a dietitian or a nutritionist to answer specific questions related to her diet and well-being. Google actually put out an update. I think it was 2020, but it might have been 2021. And it basically made it harder for people who weren't qualified to be able to rank highly on the Google search page results, which is, to be honest, it's great because the way that the online space was going, it was definitely down the kind of gurus and kind of dodgy nutrition content route. So it's definitely a good thing that Google is now taking them self kind of seriously, I suppose, almost, and, you know, giving people who are credible the chance to be ranking highly on Google. So that does kind of leave this space potentially for you as a healthcare professional, you as a wellbeing professional, whatever it is that you do, to be able to create high quality content in an area of your choice and kind of a niche of your choice and get really, really good at it and let Google see you as an authoritative source. This also means in terms of working for other people that companies and brands are looking for qualified professionals to create content for them, um, which is a really, really great thing because there is definitely um, a demand for people who know what they're doing, i.e. are qualified as wellbeing professionals to create content for brands. So that's just a little bit about what the health and wellbeing space is looking like online right now. And then in terms of skills that you need to be a health writer, to be honest, I never thought I would ever be a writer and like it's crazy that this is basically my full-time gig now apart from uh, the kind of coaching side of stuff that I do at alexocal.com. The majority of my time is spent writing, which seems insane because I would never have called myself a good writer. But really the skills that you need in terms of health and well-being writing is you need like good time management, you need to be able to write concisely and accurately and you need SEO skills. So it's actually less about the storytelling and like being quote unquote a good writer. It's actually about just relaying the information that you are, you know, looking into, you are researching into an easy and digestible format for people to understand. So in terms of the SEO skills side of things, 
Uh, SEO stands for search engine optimization, and it's basically the process of creating content that Google deems valuable. So it answers the person's question that they are searching for. So it's an article without fluffiness, without you know, randomly going off topic. It's very nice and concise and clear with clear references. So they know that the information is legit and it's not just your kind of opinion piece. It's, you know, legitimate scientific evidence basically, and that it's easy to read and very digestible. So in terms of what that means tangibly, it means things like having clear subheadings. It means having short paragraphs of about three lines or so. And it means using bullet points where necessary and lists because that's so much easier on the eyes when we're trying to scan an article quickly for information. So higher quality content will be placed higher up on the Google search returns, which means it's more likely to be clicked on and read. So you know when you're searching something and you get you, your Google comes back with all of these answers, the first few results are always adverts. I think most of us tend to scroll past that. And then realistically, we're gonna hit one of the top probably three. Uh, re results that come up. Not many people scroll down, not many people go to page two, and very, very few people go page three onwards. So we want our websites or the brands that we're working for, we want those articles that we've written to be ranking as highly as possible on Google. So how do you figure out what people are searching for so therefore you can create great content to be able to you know, feed those needs or you know, answer those questions? Well, the first thing that we need to do is really, it's using tools like SEMrush and KeySearch to do keyword research. And KeySearch really is the tool I would recommend if you're getting started because it's so affordable and it is, I think it's, it's less than $17 a month, so probably around maybe 14, 15 pounds. And it's yeah, super affordable. I'm going to leave it a link down below so you can go and check it out. But basically, you search a broad topic that you have in mind that you want to talk about. So say for me as a PCOS nutritionist, I'm going to be thinking uh, I'm going to search for PCOS and food, like PCOS food. Put that into key search and it will spit back all of these results, like a list of keywords. And keywords are just words or phrases that people are searching for. So then it will list an estimation of search volume. So how often, so sorry, how many numbers of times that that word or phrase is being searched for and a difficulty score. And this score is basically how tricky it would be to rank highly with the search term. So for example, something like PCOS, like I know we're never gonna be on page one and that's okay because there's gonna be the NHS, there's gonna be Healthline, there's gonna be WebMD that are gonna come up on that front page and like we're just never gonna get there and we're okay with that. But instead we're gonna target more concise keywords. So we might look at something like, let's have a think, it might be spearmint tea PCOS, which we actually rank really highly for. Um, so we might go into something a bit more specific, a bit more niche or PCOS and inositol, where to buy it in the UK, we also rank really well for that. Or it might be something like, I'm thinking about the articles we've written lately, things like PCOS and alcohol or smoothie recipes for PCOS. Those sort of things are things that we create content around because they're much easier to rank for. But we also keep in mind how many people are searching for it. There's no point ranking for something really well if only one person a month searches for it. It's just not worth your time writing that article. So it's really about finding that balance between the you know high search volume and low difficulty and trying to find that nice middle ground. So there are many ways to kind of optimize an article for a specific keyword. And in terms of how this would work if you are doing freelance health writing for someone else, 
They may give you the keywords that they want to rank for. They might also ask you to do the research for them, which if you are um, thinking about doing that, then definitely come to my workshop where I am teaching you basically how to become a health and wellbeing writer. And you can find all the information for that at alexocal.com slash workshops. But basically, yeah, the brands might give you a list of what they want to rank for. Therefore, you would create content around that and you would do some research anyway to try and figure out how difficult it would be to rank for, what are similar keywords that are being used. But in terms of optimizing an article for that keyword, you will be, the main aim really for you is to use the keyword enough times that Google understands that that's what your article is about. But it's also without overstuffing the page with keywords, which Google can deem as quite spammy. So it's really like, again, a fine line and it's kind of being sensitive to the Google bot and trying to treat it nicely and get all that information that you need to get in, but without um, appearing spammy, like you're just repeating the keyword again and again. That used to work years ago when Google first kind of started doing um, search engine optimization. It would work just to stuff the keyword as many times as you could and you'd rank on the first page. Whereas now you really need to be creating really high quality content. So works well for us as nutritionists, um, dietitians, other wellbeing professionals, because we just want to, you know, produce really good content that helps people, that is, you know, evidence-based, all of those things. It works out well for us. So like I said, remember that the aim is high quality content on a specific keyword with references from evidence-based sources. So it might be from things like NHS and Healthline. It also might be specific um, studies and you know other pieces of scientific literature that you might reference as well. And in the workshop um, on Thursday, I'm gonna go into how you actually reference in terms of how Google likes you to reference, as well as you want to include up-to-date stats and figures. So you're not going to say, in 2016, this percent of people had PCOS in the UK. You know, Google wants you to be using at least 2022 figures, ideally, you know, this year's figures. So have that in mind. And also um, a article that's really great and that Google will love is something that answers the searcher's question. So if they're asking something like, how can I get vitamin D without the sun? you're not gonna blab on for half of the article about how you get it from the sun because the person doesn't want to know how they get it. They know they can get it from the sun, but maybe they're living in a place that doesn't have much sun or maybe they're a night shift worker. So they want to know how can they get it through supplements, what food has vitamin D in, for example, and how they can really like optimize their diet to get vitamin D. Like that's what the search is looking for. So it's all about knowing what the searcher is looking for and answering it in the best way that you can. So in terms of being a health and wellbeing writer, SEO skills are absolutely like top priority. And there are so many ways that you can learn. Obviously in this workshop, I'm gonna be going into a lot more detail than I can on a podcast about SEO. And I'm gonna be you know, demonstrating live how you actually do keyword research, but also the course that I've absolutely loved doing, and I've done so many different courses on SEO is the Unconventional RDs SEO Made Easy course. I think it's SEO made easy or SEO made simple. Either way, it's an amazing course. Just search for the unconventional RD. And I think that Erica's bringing out her course again in the next few months. So keep an eye on that if SEO is something that you really want to deep, deep dive into. It's an expensive course, but it's worth every penny. So in terms of if you are wanting to create a website yourself and you want to be a health writer in that way, then it does take a lot of time to build traffic. So it can take a good, you know, 
I would say at least six months for Google to even understand who you are and, and where you are. And you can, you know, you can help yourself out there by really getting familiar with Google's um, softwares that they have things like Google Analytics and Google Search Console. But it does take a while for Google to know that you're even there. Never mind start indexing, basically looking at your content and categorizing it and uh, pushing it out to the right people. Um, so it can take a long time. Then never mind to be able to pick up enough traffic for it to be kind of your full time job potentially. So being able to work with other people in the meantime is a really great way if health and well-being writing is really on like the top of your list or something that you really want to do. So usually when you are thinking about writing for other people, you need to pull together some sort of portfolio. And I know you're maybe thinking like, I've never done this before. How would I know? How would I have anything to put in a portfolio? Well, you can create content just for the portfolio, as long as you mark it clearly saying, you know, this is, this is an example piece. So I would say write at least three articles to start with. Um, so it can be for your own website or it's just sample work, conveying your skills as a writer, you know, writing really accurately, clearly, concisely, with proper referencing on a topic related to your area of interest. So, you know, if you're a nutritionist, you might be thinking about writing articles on supplements, on how to get more fiber in the diet. You know, there's so many different things you can do and at least about 600 words for each article. And then you would go out there and you would market your services and you know marketing is a whole other topic but that could be you know creating a website specifically for this uh, service that you're going to be offering this health uh, writing service it could be adding it as an option on your website it could be creating an instagram account and talking about it on instagram it could be going into facebook groups and telling people that you are available it might be going on linkedin and having a search around and connecting with people it might be talking to your fellow well-being friends and seeing if anyone needs a writer or whether they know of anyone that needs a writer and getting yourself out there. But I'm going to talk a bit more about how you can find clients in my workshop on Thursday. So I hope this episode was helpful and I know that you're probably thinking, oh my God, where to even begin? And that is really what we're going to do in the workshop on Thursday. So it's how to become a health and well-being writer. It's at 7 p.m. GMT. There are some spaces available, but not too many. I would love everyone to attend live who has signed up. But if you haven't, if you're unable to sign up um, and come live, then you will be able to get the recording. Uh, so just sign up normally and you'll be sent the recording straight after. It's just £59. And it really will get you started off on the right foot. And the reason I'm running these workshops is because I'm so kind of passionate about this stuff. I also know that if something had, something like this had been available when I was getting started, I would be where I am now so much earlier. I've done so much learning to get here and I just wish I'd learned SEO, keyword research, how to reference properly, all of these different things, how to use H1 headers and H2 headers and all of this stuff. I wish I had known it then because then I would be able to have gone straight in and marketed myself as a health writer and got work straight away. And I would have been able to grow the PCOS Collective a lot quicker, but these things happen for a reason. <laughs> and now I am here to help you all out and I'm just really excited for this workshop. So at the time of recording this, I think there's about 11 places left, but I think a few more probably would have gone by the time this comes out. But I'm really hoping to see that the event in March, the same workshop is sold out. Um, I might bring a few more back or make it available um, in the future, but I'm not sure yet. So hopefully you're able to make this Thursday session and I can't wait to see that. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. Please tag me if you're listening at underscore Alex Oakle on Instagram and I'd love to chat there and reshare. 
and I hope you found it useful. So I will see you all next week and hopefully in my workshop on Thursday. Thank you so much.